It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now, here's Nathan Johnson. If you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 15 is where we're going to be. Exodus chapter 15. Again, we're going kind of through a mini-series, specifically on Thursdays and Saturdays. This week you get some bonus of the mini-series. On Tuesday, no, Wednesday, that was yesterday. So yesterday, boy, all these days just start blurring together, don't they? Uh, Yesterday, Dan walked through the name of God, Elkanah, talking about the fact that God is jealous. Uh, This morning, we're going to look at another name of God, and then tomorrow, uh, Philip has the opportunity to be talking about this. It's probably one of my favorite names. I'm really excited about what Philip's going to be walking through these next couple of days. Uh, But Philip has tomorrow uh, and Saturday uh, giving some other names of God. And again, the reason we wanted to acquaint you with the names of God is it's not just a name, when God reveals a name, it's revealing his heart, it's revealing his character, it's revealing his nature, it's revealing his life. And so we can get to know and understand who our amazing God is by his names. Uh, So this morning I want to look at the name of God with you, Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. Uh, this, This name shows up one time in Scripture. Uh, it's in Exodus 15. And what I want to do is I want to read this passage with you uh, to kind of set this up and kind of give you some context. Uh, the Israelites have been in, the, in, has been in Egypt for 400 years. Moses was called to come in, and, and God used Moses to rescue the people from, from Egypt. They just left Egypt, 10 plagues. God just did this mighty working cause the Egyptians just to say, here, get, hey, just leave. In fact, here's a whole bunch of gold and jewels, and here's some clothing, and just here, take all of our possessions, just get out of here. Which is a phenomenal thought. The fact that God used all this stuff to plunder Egypt. I just think that's awesome. Uh, all right, anyway. And so the, Egypt, uh, the, the, the Israelites leave, and they get to the Red Sea, and they cross the Red Sea, and, and God causes the Egyptians to be drowned, that whole scene. This is right after that. They've left the Red Sea's scene. Uh, They've come out into the desert. And uh, this is what it says. This is uh, Exodus 15, starting in verse 22. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, they named that place Mara, which, by the way, the word Mara means bitter. Good. So the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And Moses cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he had thrown it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Then he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he tested them. And he said, If you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, And do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes. I will not afflict you with any of the diseases with which I afflicted the Egyptians. For I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. Phenomenal scene. 
Uh, Israelites are three days into the wilderness, into the middle of this desert. Uh, they've had no water. Things are getting desperate. And you realize they're, they're getting to the end, end of themselves. And they come three days into the desert, and they're looking at Moses saying, we need water. We have a lot of people. We have a lot of sheep and cattle and herds kind of stuff. And, and hey, what, what, Moses, what are you going to do about this? And so Moses goes to God and says, God, <laughs> your people need water. <clears throat> what do you want to do? Now, isn't it interesting that they're in a place <clears throat> where there's water, but there's no water? I mean, there is water. I mean, there's water there. Woo, this is exciting. And if you can imagine walking three days in the desert, and you finally see some water glimmering in the distance, you're like, whoa, water, and you run up to the water, and some poor person reaches their hand in and goes, And this stuff is nasty. And this is undrinkable. Ah, this water is bitter. It has been polluted. It is twisted. It is not as it should be. Hey, we can't drink this stuff. There's water, but there's no water. So Moses, what are we going to do? We can't, we can't go much further. And so God says, Moses, here's a tree. Isn't that the most strangest thought? Here's a tree? What is that going to do? So Moses picks up the tree and just tosses it in the water. And get this. The water didn't just become clean. It became sweet. And God looks at this whole thing and says, do you know who I am? I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the one who heals. And just as I healed the bitter waters, I heal. Now, that word Rapha shows up all over Scripture. So even though the name of God, Jehovah Rapha, doesn't show up very often, the word Rapha is all over the place. In fact, it's interesting as you begin to trace this word Rapha, which means healing, it becomes associated with a whole bunch of different things. Uh, for example, sometimes this word Rapha is used in terms of physical healing, in the sense of like diseases or restoration or sickness. Uh, for example... Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5 say, says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals, that's our word, all your diseases, who redeems, from, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfi satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Do you know what? You know what God's doing? He's a healer. Well, what kind of healing? Well, biblically, there's physical healings included in that. Uh, but that word's not just used in the sense of sickness and disease and physical kind of stuff. It's also used in the sense of emotional healing. Uh, here's someone under distress. Uh, here's someone who's emotionally sick. Here's someone who's just twisted emotionally. Uh, Psalm 147, verse 3. God Rapha's the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Do you recognize that God is a healer? Not just physically, but emotionally. Isn't that great news? I mean, as great as physical healing is, I think sometimes emotional healing is even greater. Because the emotional scars and the emotional wounds sometimes are far deeper than a broken arm. 
And we're not downplaying the broken arm kind of stuff, but you recognize that God's not just interested in physical stuff, he's interested in the inside kind of stuff. And he's a healer of even that. Uh, this word rafa is also used not just in the sense of the physical and not just the emotional, but also in the sense of spiritual healing. You realize that we are in sin. And we need spiritual healing. If you want an example of that, Psalm 41, verse 7, sorry, uh, Psalm 41, verse 4, it says, I said, Lord, be merciful to me, Rapha my soul, for I have sinned against you. God, I have been twisted. Hey, God, I have been, hey, I have pollution. Hey, God, I have something wrong going on inside of me. Would you heal that? Is the cry of the psalmist. And you realize that he wants to heal that? In fact, I would actually say that's his primary that, not that he's against the physical and the emotional, but you realize that even if he physically healed you, at some point you're still going to die. I mean, Lazarus had a problem. <coughs> <laughs> and Jesus came up and he healed Lazarus. Physically healed him from death. That's a cool healing. But at some point in his life, guess what happened? <laughs> he died a second time. Poor guy. <laughs> so is God not interested in the physical? No, he's, there's nothing wrong with the physical, but you realize the physical is not the end agenda for God. What's the end agenda for God? Spiritual stuff, folks. And hey, you're going to get a new body, so hey, don't worry about this one. Now, he cares for this one. I'm not against that. But you realize that his agenda is not so much the physical, and yeah, he's all for the emotional, but woo, he's really interested in the spiritual. And he's a healer of that. That's great news. Thank you. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this is exciting. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22. Jeremiah says, Return you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding, says the Lord. Hey, what have you been doing? You've been rebelling. What have you been doing? I've been living in sin. What have you been doing? I just, I've just been doing my own thing. I've been shaking my fist in God's face. And God says, I want to heal that. Hey, I want to change that of your life. That's great news. So this word rafa, it's used in the sense of physical, it's used in the sense of emotional, it's used in the sense of spiritual, and interestingly, even though the word itself, rafa, is not used in this sense, scripture portrays this idea that God is wanting to heal even relationships. That this idea of restoration, this idea of bringing together, this idea of reconciliation, what is that? That's healing. And God wants to do even that. And God says, do you not realize I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God who heals. Not just the God who can heal, I'm the one who heals. I delight in healing. Don't you see that all throughout Scripture? All throughout Scripture, you just see God in this movement of healing. Now, don't go crazy with this, right? But it's interesting, as you, as you begin to walk through Scripture, God just starts, he's revealing himself as a healer. Do you know what the very first passage in Scripture where healing takes place is? I'll tell you. 
Genesis chapter 2. Before the fall. Isn't that interesting? That the first time we see healing in Scripture is not a result of the fall. See, I, I think of like, oh, uh, there's this problem. And it's probably, hey, sickness, what's that? It's a result of the fall. Emotional turmoil, what is that? It's a result of the fall. So, obviously, healing then is a, is a restoration to go back to before the fall. But the first healing was before the fall. Now, again, I don't really want to do this. I just think that's awesome. And here in Genesis chapter 2, God puts Adam into a deep sleep, which is pretty awesome, right? And grabs a rib from his side, and it says that God healed up the side. So even before the fall, God's doing healing. I think that's awesome. Why? Because him being a healer is not a result of the fall. Him being a healer, that's just who he is. And he doesn't change, folks. He's always been a healer. He always will be a healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. But as you come into Scripture after the fall, you begin to see God doing these overwhelming things. You see him dealing with physical stuff. You see him doing, dealing with spiritual stuff. You see him dealing with emotional stuff all throughout the Old Testament. And this only climaxes when you get into the New Testament. You realize that Jesus is God-made flesh. It's like, please shake your heads. <laughs> Hey, you want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God thinks like? Look at Jesus. You want to know how God acts? Look at Jesus. Hey, how does God talk? Look at Jesus. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hey, if we take the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and we put him in flesh, what does he look like? Jesus. That the life of Jesus is the declaration of the fullness of who God is. Uh, Hebrews 1.3. Jesus, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. That when you look at Jesus, there's no doubt in anyone's mind, that's God himself. How does God act? Look at Jesus. How does God think? Look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus. Because he is God made flesh. So you begin to realize that if God says, I am Jehovah Rapha, and then you look at the life of Jesus, what should you see? Jehovah Rapha, a God who heals. Isn't it interesting as you look at the life and the ministry of Jesus, one of the things that characterized the ministry of Jesus was miracles, wonders, and signs, as Peter says in Acts chapter 2. That you look at the life of Jesus, and what was just going on in the life of Jesus? He was going berserko with healing. Why? He's a God who heals. He loves healing, folks. It's like he just couldn't help himself. He would come into this town. Someone says, Jesus is here. And suddenly, there's this whole mob of people. And they all have problems. Don't laugh. You have problems, too. But all these people showed up, and they said, Jesus, I, we, we're, hey, we know who you are. Heal us. And healing after healing after healing after healing after healing after healing after healing. And a lot of it was physical. We understand that. But you recognize a lot of that was emotional. Hey, we understand that. And Jesus says, you know what I really came for? It was a spiritual. Why? He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. 
In fact, it's interesting, when you look at the book of John, John tells us, in John 20, 30, John writes, Truly Jesus did many other signs or miracles in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. And then he writes a chapter later, in chapter 21, verse 25, he said there were so many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that could be written. That's a lot of healing. Have you been to the Library of Congress? It's a lot of books. Which is awesome. And John says, eh, they couldn't even contain all the stuff that Jesus was doing. Why? Because he's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who heals. He was constantly healing. And again, he's primarily, Jesus' primary agenda is the spiritual. Hey, we have no, hey, we should understand that. That makes sense. But he's not against the emotional and the physical. Does God still heal? Yes. Because God doesn't change, folks. He's always the same. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and God says, I am the God who heals, does that mean he stopped healing? I hope not. Because I got stuff he needs to heal. Don't you? I'm not just talking physical stuff. I get, get off that. Don't you have emotional stuff that needs healing? Don't you have spiritual stuff that needs to be untwisted? Hey, don't you have pollution in your life that needs to be dealt with and sanctified? There's good news. He is Jehovah Rapha. It's interesting that Isaiah, when Isaiah was speaking to the coming Messiah, speaking to Jesus, Isaiah makes a statement of what that Messiah is going to do. Speaking about Jesus, listen to this. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are rafaed. We are healed. That the Messiah is coming. Why? To bring healing. Not just physical, not just emotional, but also spiritual. Uh, Jesus comes into the synagogue of Nazareth and uh, grabs a scroll, finds a place in the scriptures, and he reads the passage of Isaiah. And he reads Isaiah 61, and it says this, The Spirit of of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to rough the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Jesus, you want to you know, you know what I'm here for? I'm here to rough. I'm here to set captives free. I'm here to, to bind up their wounds. Why? I am Jehovah Rapha. So here you have this group of Israelites, they had been in Egypt for 400 years, and God just, over this overwhelming, miraculous event, caused them to come out of Egypt. They go three days into the wilderness. They're desperate for water. Oh, they see this little glimmer in the distance, and they run over to it, and they taste it, and oh, there's water. But the water is not as it should be. The water is twisted. The water is polluted. The water is bitter. 
Isn't that our lives? Hey, you're a human. As far as I know, most of you. Which means what? You're made in the image of God, that you were made for the glory of God. From Him, through Him, to Him. For His praise and His renown and His glory. And yet, what has taken place in your life? Twistedness. There's been a perversion. There has been bitterness that has seeped into your life. You are not as you should be. Someone looks at your life and they just go, wow, it's, it's ah, bitter. It's water, but it's, it's not water. I mean, you're there, but you're not as you should be. Why? Because there's been a twistedness that's taken place. Hey, you've lived in rebellion. You've lived in sin. And Paul says none of us get out of this because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has been twisted. Every single one of us has become made bitter. Every single one of us has pollution in our lives. Aren't you glad the story doesn't end there? Moses turns to God and says, God, what do you want to do? It's not by accident that God looks at Moses and says, Moses, here's a tree. A tree? I mean, now we can look back and go, wow, that's brilliant. But for Moses, could you imagine? Uh, God, it's bitter waters. A tree? Seriously? God's like, yeah, it's a tree. What do you want me to do with a tree? It's bitter waters. God's like, just take the tree and throw it into the midst of the bitter waters. What is that going to do? Haven't you taken rocks and sticks before and thrown them into lakes? Has that changed anything? (laughs) Could you imagine Moses? You're like, take a tree and throw it into the water. All right. He probably wasn't skeptical. (laughs) He did just see ten plagues and Red Sea kind of stuff, right? He's, He's a man of faith. So I'm making a little bit sarcastic. But if I was in his shoes, I'd been like, God, I'm, I'm a little concerned. But Moses takes a tree. Think about this. And the moment the tree is planted smack dab in the middle of bitter waters, that which was bitter, that which was polluted, that which was twisted, becomes not just pure, but sweet. Do you want to know what God wants to do in your life? Hey, you are bitter waters. You have twistedness. You have pollution. Hey, you have corruption. He wants to plant a tree. It's called a cross. Smack dab in the middle of your life. Your bitter waters. And he wants to bring not just a cleansing to the waters. He wants to make it sweet. Have you ever tasted water that's not just clean, but sweet? I probably shouldn't say this, but I tend to be a water snob. Personally, I don't like Windsor water. It just tastes dirty to me. It's just... (laughs) Now, I love water. I, I drink a ton of water, more water than I probably need to be drinking. But... Actually, that's not true. I probably drink enough, but I have a small bladder, so it feels like it's too much, but (laughs) more than you wanted to know. (laughs) So I I love drinking water. I'm going to drink tons of water, 
The problem is I just, I don't like kind of water. So years ago, I got this cool little thing, and about a year and a half ago, Joseph Mockler decided that, oh, you're my friend, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you perpetual sweet water. It was like the gospel being lived out in my life. <laughs> and he came over, and he installed some cool reverse osmosis something or another system. I don't know what you call it. It's a, what is it? Oh, it's a reverse osmosis something. Uh, it's the official name. And, uh, and now I have perpetual sweet water. This water is not just clean. This water is like, you taste it and you're like, there's almost, it is so clean it almost tastes sweet. I don't know how to describe it. It is like, it's good water. And if any of you want to try it for $3, I will bring a little <laughs> bottle and let you look at it. For $5, I'll let you taste it. I mean, this is, just kidding. <clears throat> Do you know how much more water I drink? I drink a lot more water. Why? This stuff is so good. I mean, this is better than like soda or pop or cocoa, whatever you call it. I mean, it's just, this stuff is so good. I just, I'm just down in this stuff all the time. Why? Because the water is so clean. It's not just clean, it's sweet. Do you want to know what God wants to do in your life? He wants to remove the bitterness. He wants to untwist the twistedness. He wants to cleanse and purify the pollution. And doesn't just want to make you clean. He wants to make you sweet. Have you experienced that? Do you know what it would look like for you to be walking in this generation, realizing that God truly is Jehovah Rapha? Not just physically. Get off, get off that. I'm talking about the deep emotional stuff of your life. What if God was Jehovah Rapha and began to, all that emotional hurt and chaos of your life, what if he would come in and bring healing? And it wasn't that you were just like, well, I'm, I'm better. What if it wasn't just clean? What if it was sweet? What if it was on a whole nother level? What if you would take all that junk of your life and all the addictions and all the pollution and all the rebellion and, and all the pride and all the, the sin and the junk of your life. Is it even possible for him to untwist? Is it even possible for him to bring healing? Is it even possible for him to restore? Is it even possible? Well, it is because he says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I delight in doing this. So the question is not, well, can he do it? The question is, will I let him do it? Would I just allow God to be Jehovah Rapha? Would I just turn God loose in my life saying, Jesus, have at it? Whatever you want to do, don't just make me clean. Make me sweet. Don't just untwist a little bit. Hey, would you just take my entire life and do whatever is necessary so that your character in your life is being seen in my life? Our world needs to see that. So let me give you two practical outflows of this for you personally. If God is Jehovah Rapha, and by nature then Jesus is the revelation of God being Jehovah Rapha, and then Jesus comes to live inside of you via the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, do you realize that our lives 
should demonstrate the fact that God is Jehovah Rapha? Do you know what it says to a world when you walk around the world saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And then they look at your life and they go, but why are you so full of pride? Why are you so full of anger? Why are you still in rebellion? Hey, why, why are you addicted to that stuff? Hey, why is your life still twisted? Hey, why is there so much pollution going on? Do you know what happens when we live that way? It actually declares to the world that God is not Jehovah Rapha. What does it say when, when, the, when the pastors leading the church today keep falling in adultery and pornography and all this kind of junk? Well, what it's declaring to the world is God can't heal that area. Now, God might be able to do a lot of great things, but wow, if you're addicted to lust kind of stuff, Ah, there's no hope for you. Why? Because even our leaders can't, aren't being healed of it. Do you realize that when you're living in just the junk and when you're living in just bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, do you know what that tells the world? God is not Jehovah Rapha. Because, hey, if he can't do that in your life, how, I guess he can't do that in mine either. What would it look like if your life became a demonstration to this world that God is, in fact, who he says he is, that he's a healer, that he mends the brokenhearted, that he deals with the emotional stuff. And I understand this is not instantaneous. I get this. There's a process. I, I, I understand this. But do you realize that here's someone who's been addicted to drugs for 47 years, but I'm recovering, I'm recovering, I'm recovering. There's a problem with that, folks. I, I've got these giants in my life. I don't know what to do with them. Guess I'll just put up with them. Do you know what that tells the world? That God is not who he says he is. And you're going out and you're telling, hey, God is God. Hey, God can save and God can heal and he can restore. And, and hey, your past, he can wipe that thing clean and you can be a brand new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But then your life doesn't look that way? You realize that if God is Jehovah Rapha, and he is, and that is evidenced, it climaxes in the life of Jesus. He is Jehovah Rapha. And then he comes to live inside of you, be the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. His spirit lives inside of you, which means... The healer lives inside of you. And he wants to restore. He wants to bring life. He wants to untwist the twistedness. And your life is to be a declaration in this world that God is who he says he is. And God is a healer. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could walk around your town and say, Woo! You need Jesus! Why? Because look at what he's done in my life. And if he could do it in my life, let me tell you, he can do it in yours. Oh, you need this. That's totally different than, woo, you need Jesus. Don't look at my life, though. <laughs> Do you know what we call someone who lives like this all the time? We'd probably have to call him a Christian. Wouldn't we? So, number one, not only should your life be 
a demonstration of the fact that God is Jehovah Rapha, wouldn't it be neat if, since he lives inside of you, he wants to use you to, to bring healing to the world? Wouldn't it be neat if your life was just the balm to the soul of this world? Wouldn't it just be interesting if the Prince of Peace who lives inside of your life wants you to be a person of peace and you, you just walk into a room and somehow everyone just goes, I don't know what it is, but I'm just calmer. Wouldn't it be interesting if somehow God was using your life not just to showcase the fact that he's Jehovah Rapha, but to actually bring healing. I don't know what that actually looks like. I'm not talking around hitting people on their foreheads and they're falling down. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what if your life was just, what if his life was oozing out of every pore of your body? And if he is Jehovah Rapha, somehow you're in a conversation with somebody and they just go, I don't know, just in talking to you, I just feel like my life is being... My life is changing when I hang out with you. I, I'm not as depressed when I'm... I just see peace. It's not you. It's the God who is in you. But wouldn't it be interesting if you would let him use you as a vehicle or a vessel, a cracked pot, to showcase healing to this world? This world needs healing, folks. Desperately needs healing. And you know the answer. In fact, you have the answer. He's living inside of you. His name is Jehovah Rapha. He's a God who heals. And he can look at any bitter waters. He can look at any twistedness. He can look at any pollution. And what he wants to do is plant a cross smack dab in the middle of that and bring healing. Not just cleansing, sweetness. Because he is Jehovah Rapha. Let's pray. Lord, we declare that you are the God who heals. Not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, relationally. That you want to bring about a restoration. You want to bring about healing. Lord, you want to come in and untwist the twistedness of our lives. You want to come into the habits and the addictions that we've just been chained to for years and years and years and set those captives free. Lord, you want to come in and you want to take that which has been come, that, that was bitter and just bleh, polluted and you want to bring about a purity, a cleansing, a sweetness. Lord, would you, would you bring conviction in our lives of any area where we're still harboring bitterness. Any pollution, any twistedness, anything that's not as it should be, anything that even has a kink in it, Lord, would you come and would you restore and would you, as Jehovah Rapha, bring life? Lord, this isn't, oh, is it possible? Could you do this? Is it even, oh, maybe, I don't know if you can do it or not. This is, you are Jehovah Rapha, you can. So, Lord, would you have at it? Lord, what would it look like if my life was a demonstration of your life in this world? What if when the world looks at my life, they see your healing, uh, just the, the, the fingerprints of your healing in my life, that they knew what my life used to be like. They knew the twistedness. They knew the rebellion. They knew the pride. They knew the lust. They knew the whatever. And yet they see that there's been such a radical change. Lord, what would it look like if my life was a declaration 
screaming to the world that you are God. And hey, if you can do that in my life, wow, you can do that in anybody's life. Lord, this world needs healing. So would you use me as a demonstration? I know that I'm not the healer. You are the healer. But God, somehow, the fact that you live inside of me, you want to use me as a vessel to showcase the fact that you are Jehovah Rapha to this world. Lord, would you plant a cross smack dab in the middle of any area of bitterness in our life? Any pollution, any twistedness, the solution is Jesus. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And Lord, this morning we want to worship you. We don't want to just sing about you. Lord, the fact that we can experience you as Jehovah Rapha, we want to turn that, as our gaze is upon you, we want to turn all of that reality and just say, we want to just worship So, Lord, we refuse to sing songs this morning. We don't want to just go through motions this morning. We want to behold and then worship. For you are worthy. Lord, thank you for being Jehovah Rapha in our lives. Thank you that this wasn't a one-time deal, but your desire is that you would continue to bring forth healing and life and restoration every single day. That you are working your sanctifying work in our life moment by moment by moment. Would you continue to do so? We love you. Give the praise and the glory in your precious, powerful name we pray. Amen. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the Spirit emboldened and brave. The Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellersley campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon live and in person. Thanks for listening.